Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. in the security of Jesus. One thing Kim forgot to mention is, I don't know if you noticed, but my makeup, I learned about contouring for the ladies that were there. How am I, how do I, how do I look? So good. I, you, I'll never put makeup on the same again. Sorry if you weren't there, but um, I was putting my makeup on just giggling to myself this morning. <laughs> All right. Well, it's really great to be here. You guys, this is so exciting what God is doing. Look at this. You have like a building process. You know what that means? Like God is reaching people in Nampa, Idaho. And uh, what a privilege to be a part of that. Do you know what a privilege it is? I'm telling you, you're going to be living your best life. And um, I'm just super honored to be here. I am so, anytime I have the chance to speak to God's bride, his church, it is an honor. And so I pray that my words will be strengthening and encouraging to you, that they'll be his words and his heart. Um, I don't know about you, but I, every time I come to church, I come hungry to meet with Jesus. And you might be like, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know if you like me, but Jesus will speak to you, and I just pray that this morning you leave strengthened and encouraged, and um, God, God has something for you. I really believe that. Um, I, God wants to do something powerful in this region, and I believe he wants to use his church, and I really believe that I am bringing a timely word because um, God wants to prepare our hearts for who he's bringing and what he wants to do, and so I'm just so thankful, and I'm thankful for your pastors. I, I I'm so thankful for friends. I think the longer I do life, the more I realize who you do life with is probably the most important thing. I used to think it was like, reach the goal, get there. And now I realize it's who I get to do life with along the journey. Those are the greatest treasures in life. They're the things that I adjust my life for to make decisions. And um, I just am thankful for your guys' friendship. Um, They're fun, they're loyal, they're faithful. Um, I just, you know, sometimes you can be in people's presence and you feel like you're collaborating or you're working together on something. And then there's sometimes that people are just your friends. And you do all those other things too, but you can tell like if, if all we were was friends, that'd be enough. And I, I think those are just really great things, right? So I'm so thankful for you guys. So thank you for uh, letting me share. We've been doing this a long time, even though I know I look you know, like I was one when we started. But, um, and it, it is the greatest thing in the earth to be able to see what Jesus is doing in people's lives. Um, and you guys, God's sending more and more people that you're going to be a part of watching the miracle. Are you so thankful for Jesus and what he does in our lives? <laughs> he takes broken, messed up lives and turns them around and he causes us to be healed and whole and reach out and use that brokenness uh, to reach other people. So um, just in case you're like, I don't even know if I, I, this is my family. Real quick. There they are. They're awesome. 
Right now they're spread all over the earth. My son this morning is at a church in Mrs. Hippie uh, playing worship. He's in Birmingham in college. My youngest son's in Portland, Oregon. They're like on both sides of the coast. So anyway, uh, we're so thankful that we get to do ministry with our kids. They're really a big part of what we do. And I'm praying that God calls them back to Walba. I don't know if he will, but that's my prayer. Um, and we, you guys are in the series of series called Fight For. Did you even know that? Or Worth Fighting For? What is it? Worth Fighting For? Or fight? Worth Fighting For. How many of you in the room are like, I don't ever want to fight. I'm not a conflict. I hate conflict. Raise your hand if you hate conflict. Raise your hand if you're like, actually, I, I like fighting. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> no, okay. That was a trick question. All right. Well, um, I just have a little marriage tip because we're talking about relationships. This is my marriage tip. It's free. Men, you're welcome. Number 46, your wife won't start an argument with you if you're cleaning. So if you don't want to fight, clean. Vacuuming. Next time you feel the tension, excuse me. It's fine. Women, you know. He's like, please, no. There's, some, there's nothing more beautiful than the church, his bride. I think we, we read about this through scripture, all throughout scripture. The God of the universe, he says he's looking for a people, right? He's like, I want to be your God. I want to lead you. And I love that God doesn't just lead us alone. But he's so faithful. He's like, Kara, you love me. And I know you love worshiping over here in the closet, but I love you so much. I have the most beautiful thing in all the earth. And it's called my church, my bride, my sons and daughters. And the same way I feel when I saw that picture of my kids up there. And I just wanted, I literally wanted to take the whole service to tell you how awesome they are. That's how God feels about his church. The person sitting next to you, he's like, I love them so much that I'm going to put you in the church with them. You're going to sit in the aisle with them and you're going to, you're going to need them in your life. And if you've, if you've lived longer than five days or, you know, relationships really are a big deal in our life. And maybe this is not, I don't think this is only true for women, but if, for me, if the relationships in my life are going good, I'm like, it's great. Like, how's life? Awesome. A few weeks ago, I had a friend who wasn't responding to my texts. They weren't mad at me. And it was like, everything was terrible. I was like, Kara, everything is not terrible. Someone's mad at you. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, how our relationships, so go our relationships. It's about how we feel about life. Is this true for men? No. Men are like, <laughs> Bob's like, I'm like, how are you doing? Fine. Fine. Everything's fine. Women, it's like, if something's wrong in our relationship, we're like, everything's wrong. Like, you know, all day at work, we're thinking about it. We're up in the middle of the night. We're talking about it. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. Right? And guys are like, I don't know. I went to sleep and it was fine. <laughs> Do you think they're mad at you? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> like, we'll figure it out. So anyway, you women, you need us in your life to complex and bring emotion. Right? Okay. But God puts us in community because we need it. And it's actually life-giving. I think there's nothing more precious in my life than the people that I do it. There's no one that brings me more strength than other people that are living on purpose and living, living for God. And so today I want to talk about the, I want to talk about community. And I'm going to give you a test. I'm going to put this up there. There's a hidden word in community that I want to talk about. See how astute you are here, right? Okay. What do you think I might want to talk about in community? Unity. You guys are so smart. How many of you were here first service and helped them out? It's fine. These are good friends. That's why we live in community. People have answers to tests that we need to know. All right, so we're going to talk about finding unity in community. Say unity. All right, what do you think about when you think about unity? Is that like an exciting thing? Here's what I used to think about when I thought about unity. I thought unity looks like we all have to look the same. We all have to talk the same. 
And the girls in the room were like, and hey, we get to dress the same. How do we like, I saw the cute little worship leader. I'm like, oh my gosh, she kind of is wearing my same outfit today. We're in unity, right? No, so this is what I used to think unity looked like. Okay, this is me and my brother. Look at my mom dressed. How many of you parents have dressed your kids in matching outfits? Any twins in the room? Okay, yeah, you gotta wear matching outfits your whole life. See, okay, next one. This is me and my mom when I was 16. So in unity. And then this one is uh, Bob and I when we were dating. (laughs) Do not tell him I showed you this because he would kill me. Look at his mullet. It's back, you guys. It's bringing it back. He does not look like this in real life now. But okay, can I just say something to the men? On behalf of women everywhere, I apologize. But I also want to say thank you for keeping that spirit of unity. When your wife or your girlfriend is like, honey, will you wear a pink sweatshirt with me? And you're like, yes, honey, I would love to. Let's take a picture so you can show it 40 years later, 30 years later, and humiliate me in Nampa, Idaho, where there's leather coffee shops with Carhartt and tin. Anyway, so don't tell them I showed you that. And then this is Bob and I not too long ago. I don't, we were doing something, but look at us, like totally twinning. And then this just happened last week at church, and I was like, oh, it's perfect, I'm going to take this. The kids were having like twin night, and they were sending us pictures, and this was after prayer. And I was like, look, we're twinning. We're in unity. We've arrived, right? But this is not really what biblical unity is, right? Biblical unity is not just everybody singing the same song, the same note, the same chord, dressing alike, being the same. But unity is when this diverse body with multiple different facets and styles and personalities and giftings comes together but gets lit on fire by God on purpose. And they bring their strengths, they bring who they are, and they allow God to work off the rough edges. And they're like, we're going toward a goal. And the power of God begins to flow through them. I'm telling you, there's nothing that can stop a church that has a speed of unity. The speed of unity is you can only go as fast as you are united. So your pastor can have great vision But as long as there's division, the vision won't come to pass. I believe I'm here today that God's going to put a fire in you, a strength in you to knit your hearts together. And you're going to be like, no matter what happens, even though we don't dress the same, we don't talk the same, I don't understand anything about you. And I would not do it at all like you would. We are serving a God and a kingdom and a purpose that requires us to link arms and, oh, rub the yucky stuff off and mature me and grow me and cause me to come become a better version of myself for his kingdom. Is there anyone in the room that wants to be a part of what Jesus is doing in this city and in this region? I believe I'm filled with a room full of people that are saying yes to that. And so I want to talk about unity and community, and I want to make sure we're fighting for the right things. Right? Because sometimes we can just fight to fight. Have you guys ever have you guys seen that little cute it's a video that went viral a while back where the little boy and little girl are like, my mom said it's sprinkling. Well, my mom said it's raining. <laughs> well, my mom said it's sprinkling. <laughs> They're like going back and forth. Well, it's raining. And then they pokes, she pokes him, and he's like, If you haven't seen it, definitely Google it because it's the cutest thing ever. But I thought, how often is this happening? We're fighting over the same thing, right? It's sprinkling. No, my mom said it's raining and sprinkling. And then we poke each other's heart. 
And this is what happens. We get sidetracked, right? We get kicked out of what God wants us to do. There's power when we come together in unity. So today I want to talk about fighting for the right things. It's worth fighting for. It's worth working through. There's so much power. I I say this to our staff and our team all the time. I don't really trust you until we've gone through something. You could be here in the room like, oh, I'm united. Really? Great. That's so awesome. Something's going to happen that you're not going to feel united. And then you're going to realize, am I really in unity? Can I really get in unity? Once I've been through a few battles with people, I'm like, oh, we're in unity. I know they got my back. I know they, I got their back. But as long as we're just like wearing a face and, you know, oh, great, yeah, woohoo. I'm like, I don't really fully trust that if we go to battle that I know you have my back. I believe God wants to do something fresh and deep in us in the culture that, you know what, when I, we're going out to battle, we know as the church We're not turning on each other. I'm not going to stab you in the back, but we're living on mission. And you can trust me behind you that I'm going to have your back, that I'm going to guard and protect and push forward the purpose of God. I'm going to get over my own preference, my own offense, and I'm going to knit my heart together with the body of Christ. Okay, so here's what the Bible says about unity. Psalm 133.1 says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Not dressing the same, not looking the same, but each person fully alive, fully functioning, how God created them to be. That's what we talked to the women about on Friday night, getting rid of intimidation and insecurity and all the things that keep us wanting to be like someone else or try to be something that we're not. But this is the most beautiful expression when I bring who God's made me to be to the table of the house of God and I live that out fully and you bring who God's called you to be and together there's nothing that we're lacking when everybody's fully alive, okay? So unity is being in agreement, oneness, peace, being united, joined in together as parts of a whole. And I love this. When Jesus is leaving earth, he's praying for us. He's praying for his disciples, but he's praying for us. Now, Jesus' prayers are pretty important to me, aren't they? I know they're important to you, right? And here's what Jesus is praying. My prayer is not for them alone that are living at that time, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Guess who that is? That's me. That's you. All right, so he's talking to us. That all of them may be what? One. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. So where does his glory rest? I didn't even say this, but on the other scripture where it says the unity, it says where there's unity is where the blessing is. When we're asking for the power and the glory of God, I'm telling you, this is where it is. How we treat each other, how we do life together. Some of the strongest times when I feel the presence of God is when there's honor toward his body, honor toward other people. It's like, wow, all of a sudden the spirit of God begins to descend. So I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, just like Jesus and the Father are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to what? Complete unity. I'm like, is there a thing as partial unity? I don't know, but I want to be a part of complete unity. I want everything in my heart to be worked out so that we can function in unity. Then, listen to this, when we're in complete unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wow. For Nampa, Idaho to know about Jesus, it actually matters how we do life together. And I don't know if you know this, but there's such a spirit of division 
all over our nation, all over the world right now. We're divided more than we've ever been. Like there's this stirring and division. And if we're not aware of that, we can get caught up in that. We can allow it to get in our marriages, get into our friendships, get into the church. But we're learning this week, right, to fight for the right things, right? So we're not fighting about our toothpaste. We're not fighting about our whatever, our finances. We're actually gonna fight for unity. And unity becomes more important than the finances. Unity says, I'm gonna stick this out. I'm gonna communicate. If I have to, we're gonna go to counseling. We're gonna figure this out because unity matters. That's where God commands a blessing. And I want the blessing of God on my life. You want the blessing of God on your life, right? Now, I'm married to someone strong and I'm strong. <laughs> We could be fighting about a lot of things, trust me. <laughs> but I learned early on that we can either use our strength to destroy each other or we can figure this out and we will be a force to be reckoned with. I believe this is true in the church. There's a lot of strong, gifted, amazing people in the body of Christ. And if you're bored and not living on purpose, you will use your strength to destroy the very thing that God is, ca is calling you to build. If you recognize it, then you're not a part of it. So there's a meme that I want, whoever's working back there, bless you. There's a meme that I want to show you because here's the, the enemy wants to distract us and we need to remember, the, yeah, don't chase the laser, Carl. It's what the humans want. If we know that God wants a church that's united and powerful and living on purpose, then we know the enemy is like, division, oh, you don't like them. You just got offended. You just got hurt in your marriage. You're like, God wants us to be united. We have a date night. How many of this has happened to you? You're going on date night. And right as you're going out, they do something so annoying, so, oh. And all of a sudden, you're arguing on the very night that you got babysitting and you paid your stinking money for the restaurant. And now I hate you. <laughs> this is what the enemy wants. Don't, you got you to leave it up. Don't chase the laser, Carl. It's what the devil wants. So what I hope you get in you after this morning is when you come into church and you feel that thing happen, you're going on the date and you feel that thing happen, you're trying to talk through something in your marriage and you want to quit, you want to go silent, but you know that's not going to cause any fruit to come out of it. You go, oh, this is the laser. The enemy wants us to get focused on the stinking toothpaste roll. I, I was actually reading marriage tips and they said, it was like, 12, I don't know, 52 marriage tips because we had a marriage event a couple weeks ago. And they were like, just buy separate tubes of toothpaste, get a king size bed. I'm like, there's like eliminating conflict. I'm like, I'm fine with that. How many of you squeeze? Raise your hand if you squeeze the toothpaste. Okay, how many of you like roll it nicely? How many of you are married to someone who does it the same as you? The rest of you were, don't chase the laser. Buy yourself your own toothpaste. Marriage tip number 72, just for you. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Don't chase the laser, that's what I'm talking about. Right? Don't get distracted, see? It happens. Just remember that there is a war over unity. So don't get caught fighting the wrong fight. You are made to war, but you are made to war for each other, for your marriage, for your friendships, for God's purpose, for unity in the church not against. So the next time you feel that like, mm, I don't really like what's happening. I don't really like how they, I don't really like, go, okay, is that the laser? God, how do I work and operate in a spirit of unity? You're probably asking that question right now. Guess what? I have answers. We're going to talk about it practically, okay? That's not good. All right. Girls, what, what was the rule that we talked about Friday night? Everybody what? 
everybody likes me and everyone wants to be my friend. Some of that is just, if we're going to live in unity, we just have to believe that the, everybody else wants that in our life too. Because otherwise we come, maybe, I don't know if men are this way fully, but women come in the room, we're like, I don't even know if they want to be close to me. I don't even know if they want to be connected. We go, go through all this thing. But you know, we're just going to believe that everybody wants me on their team. Everybody wants me to be a part of whatever's happening. Because I promise you this, you're going to get plugged into church. This is like close to perfect church right here, okay? But I promise you what this, you're going to get offended. You're going to get hurt. Someone's not going to invite you. A friend that you have is going to have dinner and they're going to not invite you. Here's what I've just chosen to believe. No one's leaving me out on purpose. They didn't have a meeting and be like, hey, well, let's all go to dinner and leave Bob and Kara out because no one's doing that. Like they literally were hungry and they were like, uh, we ran into so-and-so today and they went out to dinner. Like no one's intentionally leaving you out. No one intentionally doesn't want you. So here's what I just celebrate. I'm like, if, if people are talking, this is so a girl thing, but I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I should join. They probably don't really want me to join. They're probably just, I'm just like, I just tell myself, they want me to be a part of this. I'm totally going to show up. And I'm like, and I tell them, like, if you don't want me a part of this, you're going to have to be like, uh, Kara, we're actually having a private conversation. Could you please leave? I'm just going to believe that Clark wants me on the worship team. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like singing up here. Pick me. No. <laughs> and if not, he's going to help me find my gift in unity, spirit of unity. I'm going to believe that everybody wants me on their team. The reason I got overlooked wasn't because they had a meeting and they were like, well, let's not have them on the team. But I'm going to be like, hey, you probably didn't even, could I serve on the team? I'm just going to come and offer who I am in fullness to serve the body of Christ. And if you want to move me, I'm going to believe that's led by God and I'm going to serve there with my whole heart, okay? All right, so don't chase the laser. It's what the humans want. All right, so what is the war over? What are we fighting for? We're fighting for unity in community. Ephesians says this, always be humble, gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for others' faults. What? The people on your left and right have faults. We have faults, right? Because of our love. Make every effort. So try once and then quit. Make every effort. This is like a continual process. I'm going to keep working on this till the day I die. And guess what? When you're around people, you get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And then you're like, I, I, I really don't get offended anymore. It's like, oh, okay. And something happens. Like, well, maybe I do. <laughs> right? Hopefully we're growing and we're getting less and less offended. How many of you have been married for 20 years? You're like, you know, it's just not worth it. Like, you just kind of quit fighting. <laughs> you're like, anyway, maybe not. Okay. All right, so we're going to fight the right fight. We're going to fight for unity, and we're going to choose ahead of time to show up is the first thing, okay? We're going to choose. If we're going to do this together, I'm going to show up. You're here. You already did it. You showed up for church. Here's what I'm going to say. Stay a little longer. Talk to someone that you've never talked to before. Join a, a group. You guys call them groups. You just kicked them off, right? Kick off groups, yes. I don't want to do that. That's so awkward. I don't know those people. Show up, join one. If it's awkward, so are you. Like, I'm like, sometimes we're like, I don't know, that's the big word for young people now. Oh, it's really awkward. We all live with awkward our whole life. Like, you know, just step past the awkward. Make it unawkward. I don't know, make it comfortable. They probably needed you because they are awkward. You brought the non-awkwardness to the group. And then like, if it's not your group, find another awkward group and join it too. Because here's what, there's growth and there's power when we come together. So the enemy wants to keep you from those divine connections in your life. So the first thing you gotta do is choose ahead of time. I'm not deciding on Sunday morning if I'm gonna come to church. 
I'm not deciding on ladies night like, yeah, I don't know, is there anything else I can do? <laughs> but you're like, no, our church is having a woman's event twice a year, whatever it is. It's on my calendar. Nothing's going to steal that because there's something that happens when the church comes together. That's why we gather in church on Sunday morning, right? I mean, I love online. I'm thankful for that when you're sick and you can't be here. But the power is here because the power is when we interact with one another. When we, The Bible says that we each have something that we bring. We have gifts for someone else. If you just come in late and you leave early, you are robbing someone of the gift of God on the inside of you. you got to come into church, showing up, saying, I, I mean, I just want to encourage you every week when you come. Jesus, send me to church today. Bring my gift to the body. Is there someone you want me to sit by? Because we, sometimes we feel like the only gift must be singing up here or preaching. But honestly, someone being smiled at or asking someone to sit by you or asking someone if you can pray for them or honestly just talking to someone so they're not uncomfortable can be some of the most powerful things. God's made all of us different. And some of you are like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to preach. I don't want to have the microphone, right? Like, just let me sit by someone. Sit by someone and smile. Ask God who God he wants you to sit by. Show up. When you attend the life group, when you have coffee with someone, bring your whole self. Don't bring a guarded, pretend version. Just be like, you know what? I don't even really know how to do friendships. I've never been to a life group before. I really don't know how to do this. Great. You know how disarming that is? No one else knows either. They're like, oh, thank God, me neither. Let's just figure this out together, you know? So come, show up. And believe everybody likes you. The Bible says this in Proverbs. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. We are living in an age where isolation is rampant. If that is not hell's plan to keep people from the life that God's created them for. So we're just this beckoning voice. Come, right? Find life. When we're with people, we're alive. This is how God created to heal us. You're not going to get healed in your living room alone. You're going to get healed conversing and praying and talking and watching someone else and your marriage is in trouble and you're hiding out. You're going to learn how to do healthy marriage, doing marriage with someone else. You're like, oh, I've never seen someone do that. I've never seen someone, I don't know how to parent. I've never seen someone love their kids like that. There's people in this room that are going to fight for you for the things that they need, but they need you to show up and be seen, okay? Tell your neighbor, show up. Thanks for, this is nicer. Thanks for showing up today. You might not have even felt like it, but you came and you look great. Tell them they look great. <laughs> okay, great. All right. The second thing is this. Choose your friends wisely. This is like, I know this is like, I know you guys like, you brought this lady to tell us something we already know. Choose your friends wisely. The Bible says this, the righteous, am I talking to some righteous people? You are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You are living the righteous life. You should choose your friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Amos 3.3 says this, two people walk together without agreeing on the direction. Who you are connected with. You want me to talk, you want to know where your life's going to be in five years or ten years? Show me who you're hanging out with and I can accurately predict your future. Not because I'm a prophet. I just have lived long enough. I watch it with my kids. I'm like, uh-oh, 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 they're hanging out with so-and-so. Uh-oh, 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 you know, alarm, alarm, alarm. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, you're not available. Don't call, you know. Because I knew if they connect with this person, it's a matter of time before they are making choices that will forever alter their life. Who you connect with matters. Now, for me, this was like totally new idea. I remember like just kind of thinking, well, I guess someone will choose me. You know, pick me. 
pick me. Like whoever was going to pick me to be their friend, I was just going to go along. And in seventh grade, my teacher, I remember, pulled me aside because this girl that we'd always kind of been like not in unity, let's say. We got in unity. Did you know you can be in unity with someone in not a good way? (laughs) That's what was happening in my life. I was like, I want this friendship really bad. And we were like starting to click and, and connect. But guess what? It was not the kind of unity we're talking about today. I didn't like who I was becoming. And what I love is there are faithful people when we do life in community who actually can call us out. And I had this faithful teacher. At the time, I didn't appreciate it. But now I look back, and I recently ran into him. I was able to thank him, you know. He said, pulled me out in the hall, and he's like, Kara, I want to talk to you. And he said, I've noticed since you've been friends with, I won't say their name, but he said, I noticed you don't seem like yourself. And when he said it, I was like, who are you to tell me? No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> that's how we feel, right? We're like, I can pick my friends. But I was so thankful because what he was really saying is there's something in you that's better than this. And it was honestly, it was kind of like mean-spirited. Like it was kind of like us two. And, and I was so thankful for the faithful wounds of a friend that helped me. Because honestly, I was seventh, eighth grade. I really could have gone down a whole different trajectory because she was starting to party and you know, just a whole different life. Young people, hear me. When your parents are like, "Uh uh-uh, they don't not love you and they're not like so old-fashioned they don't know. They're like, no, this is going to be not so good for you. And they care about your future. And once you start getting down that road, it's really hard to pull yourself out. Not that you can't. So choose your friends wisely. You can pick, this is, you can pick who you do life with. Find people who make you grow, who are pursuing God. Like, are the people around me pursuing God? Are they the kind of people I want to be around? Is that what I want my life to look like? So start shamelessly inviting yourself to hang out with people. Like, <laughs> what are you? And here's the deal. Like, for me, it doesn't mean we have to go hang out outside of church. It's like, okay, there's a prayer meeting, and I want to be around those three people, and I know they're going to be there. All right, I'm going to come, and I'm going to learn how to pray. I'm going to come and just be around people that I want to be around that are going to help me grow, okay? So you can choose who you hang around with, and unity really comes with a connection to purpose. We don't, we're not, I'm not, what I'm talking about today is not just like BFFs, and we just, you know, I'm talking about a unity of the spirit that is united around God. Now, I have friends that are unsaved, but the people that are in my inner circle, these are God-fearing people who I know will speak the truth to me. For me personally, I want the person who's like, you have something in your teeth. Or also, you have something in your heart. I, you have a bad attitude. Bitterness is growing. I noticed you're not talking to your husband the same way you used to. Whatever. You know what I mean? Where's that spirit of faith? Someone who loves me enough to, to call me up. Don't we want that? We want to be called up and grow, right? All right. You can choose your friends. It's so empowering. I mean, it's a great thing even, even to go home and be like, God, who in my life am I do I want to, like, do a friend inventory? And let me just say this. It's not unchristian or mean to recognize that there are people in your life that are not healthy. And it doesn't mean you have to be like, hey, you're unhealthy. And that girl at church said that I shouldn't have you as a friend. And so you're now written off, <laughs> you know. But what you are saying is, okay, who am I spending? I'm not, I'm not going to spend as much time with those people. And it's okay that some people are there for a reason, some for a season, and some forever. And it's like, the sooner that you recognize that, and we're not soulishly holding on to someone, because like, we've been friends for 23 years, and we can't let go now. Really? Is that where you want to be? Like, I can love you, 
but I can also, I, I always say this to our team, people have permission to get off the, off the off ramp of my life and get back on. But as far as me, I'm gonna love, I'm gonna have an open door, but my calling and my purpose are too great to be allowing a little, to be pulled a different direction. So it's like, if I start, if you're feeling that, like God's calling me to grow, but this friend doesn't want it, it's okay to say, you know what? I just, I am really feeling the tug of God. These are, I'm, I'm gonna start going to church more and do these things. You're, I'd love for you to come along. Invite them on the journey. But if they're like, heck no, you're like, okay, well, pray for me and pray that I'll continue to grow. So we're, we're constantly inviting people to come back in or off, but we're not like choosing that over God. We have a God alliance. We have an alliance to purpose. And, and there's always room in my life for someone new. Let me just say this. If you've been around, you've had friends for a while, the worst thing is to walk into a church and feel like everybody already has the full little friend group and feel like there's no room for you. God's gonna send more and more people. Does, the, does it feel inclusive to be around me? Is there room in my life? Or when people come in, are we like, oh, I guess there's someone new. I don't really know them. Okay. I tell my best friends, I'm like, I probably won't even talk to you on Sunday morning. Because you know what? We're on purpose. So we're like, we're like, all right, let's go. Let's find someone that God wants to minister to this morning. So we're like, see you, see you after church. We're going to dinner. And we're like, hey, you know, and we're all, and then we after we, when we get together later, we're like, oh my gosh, I met this girl. She's amazing. You're going to love her. And then we're introducing them to each other. And it's like the best thing. And guys, I don't know how you do it. You're like, I don't know. What, how do guys do this? But this is how great. <laughs> it's like, sorry. You have a girl talking today, guys. It's fine. All right. So one of the things we're going to do is... The third thing is celebrate our differences. There is beauty in this room, and we are all so different from each other. We don't want another. You don't want another me here, right? You don't want someone else like you. You want somebody different. And we each have, the Bible says he distributes gifts to each one of us, but all of them make this one body. And the sooner, I, I love this about your guys' church, because you guys are always talking Enneagram. We went and had coffee the other day. We were like living our best life. We're talking about each other's personality and who, what you're good at and what you're good at. The stronger the church, the church gets stronger when we know who's good at what. When we're like, uh-oh, I need this. Oh my gosh, I'm calling so-and-so because we know they're a prayer warrior. I brought my friend Song with me. She oversees our prayer army at our church. What that means is while well, we're doing something in here, there's an army in the other room and they're like, we're gonna pray. And that's her heart. She bleeds with it. She spent 10 years of her life just around the clock, just praying and worshiping and believing for the presence of God. God shows up in our service because our prayer army is in the prayer army praying and doing something different than someone who may plop up on the stage and use their gift. But together, it makes, it makes what's happening here powerful. It makes what's happening there powerful. So we want to celebrate each other's difference, lean into each other's strengths, learn who's good at what. And the Bible says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Guess what it does? It helps the others grow. When you show up and do your thing, it actually helps everybody grow. The church grows healthier. Everybody grows stronger so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And isn't that what we want for our churches, for our life? We want it to be healthy and growing and full of love. Let me just say this. Unity, to live in unity, it's actually going to produce maturity in you. I'm not even sure. I was thinking about it. I know I can grow by myself, but for me, most all my growth has been in the process of community because I'm doing fine with just me and Jesus. And then someone else shows up and gets up in my space and I'm like, oh, that was really like annoying. And all of a sudden I'm like, I 
thought I was fine until you did that. And then like, whoa, this angry thing came out of me. But it causes growth. And it's like, I'm gonna, what's wrong with me? Why did I respond that way? Let's figure this out together, right? It causes health and growth. So when we come together, Ephesians is a fun chapter four. Read all of that. It's like, instead, speaking the truth in love will become, in every respect, the mature body of whom he is the head. He's the head, we're the body, and he makes us work together and rubs off so many rough edges so that we'll be beautiful. Okay, so celebrate people, don't tolerate them. And see people how God sees them. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians. We have stopped evaluating people from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ from a merely human point of view, but how differently we know him now. I think this is one of the most beautiful things about the church is that we have the power to not just look at someone and see who they are or how they're acting, but ask God, Lord, who is this? What do you say? How can I start speaking life over someone and calling out someone and who is speaking like, okay, who are they in the spirit? Like, I'm going to start evaluating them by that. Not what they just did, not how they're acting, but it's one of the most beautiful things. If you're like, I'm going to just keep speaking this over someone until they actually live out the call of God. And what it takes is we're not interacting here, but I'm going to actually reach into the heavenly realm and say, God, I want to be someone who's a life giver to the body of Christ. I want to speak what you speak over people. I don't want to just speak annoying, negative things, but I'm going to be a life giver to the house of God. And maybe that's that thing. You're like, God, I'm going to church today. Tell me what you think about this person. I'm going to just speak life into them. How many of you are like, yes, send someone to me today. Tell me what God says about me, right? We all want that. Everyone in this room wants that. So we're just going to activate our gift. You guys better come up here or I'm going to just keep talking. So, um, Praise him. Make allowance for each other's faults. Colossians says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. The one who forgives an offense seeks love, but whoever repeats a matter separates close friends. Here's, here's the culture. I'm just gonna, I'm just, I hope this is okay. They can tell you if they didn't like this later. It's fine, you'll have to ask them. As far as this house, if I have a problem with you, you can trust I'm gonna come face to face with you. When that culture is created at a deep level in the DNA of a church, God will send people that are broken. God won't send broken people. He wants us to be ready for them. They've been hurt, they've been betrayed, they've been backstabbed. The last place we want that to happen is in a church. I said, it's probably gonna happen. I'm not saying we're gonna arrive at perfection. But as much as it depends on us, we're gonna live at peace with each other. We're gonna godly deal with things. And here's, here's we're gonna deal with things biblically. I'm gonna just zip through this privately. You, I'm telling you, you guys are telling each other, you can guarantee if, I, if you have a problem with me, come to me. Do you know how safe it feels when you see someone talking, you know the culture's so strong, you know they're not talking about you. You're like, oh no, if they had a problem with me, they would come to me. That creates such a freeing culture. It creates people to live out who they're created to be because they don't think someone's judging them or snickering or if someone does something, we're honoring, we're covering them. Power of God begins to show up when we treat people that way. So we're gonna go quickly. We're gonna go privately. We're not gonna tell seven people before we go figure it out. Because this is what happens, right? We're like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm upset about this. I'm gonna ask someone else, do you think this is okay to be upset about this? And I ask someone else, and I think I'm gonna... And then when I go to talk to someone, I'm actually coming fighting the wrong fight. 
I'm trying to prove that they're wrong instead of coming for restoration. So I even challenge people, before you tell your husband or your wife, before you tell a friend, talk to the Lord. Most 90% of things, they're dealt right there. God, I forgive, I believe the best. I'm, they, weren't, they weren't upset, they must be going through something. Teenagers, the people who are mean to you at school, kids in elementary, they're going through something. Nobody's mean without a reason. God wants us to be bigger so we can actually love the people that he's sending into our life, right? And we're covenanting, we're saying, you know what? For the people in the house of God, you can trust. If you hurt me or you offend me, I'm gonna come to you first, privately, quickly, and my heart is gonna be to restore. I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna come and be like, hey, these are the seven things you did, and I wanna tell you you're wrong. We want unity, right? That's what we're talking about, fighting for unity. Let me just give you unity language. I wanna be close to you. I wanna, I know God's called us together to do life together. I wanna make sure everything's good between us. Is there anything I can do to be a better friend to you? Can we talk about anything that happened? I, or you said this the other day and I'm sure you didn't mean it this way. This is crazy, this is where my mind went. I started thinking this and now I'm over here and they're like, oh my gosh, no, that's not what I was thinking. Oh, phew, it's dealt with right there. But if we talk to someone else and someone else and someone else, and then most of the time we realize it actually wasn't even a thing, it was all in our own head. And then we talk to the person and we're good. But all these seven other people now have an offense or a guard in their heart and it keeps us from unity. It keeps us from doing the thing that God's called us to do. So we're gonna deal with offenses biblically and the last thing is just, we're gonna work at it. Did you know it's actually work to do this? You showed up for work today. It actually takes work, but God helps us. And there is, I'm just telling you, there's a power the friends in my life that we have been through stuff together, there's such a strength in our relationship. I love new friends and it's like, oh, you're great, you're great too, you're great too, oh, so great. I don't know when I'm going to battle if you have my back. I don't know if I can trust you until we've been through some stuff, until we've had some of these conversations and then it's like, oh, we're going. I know we're going, and I know this, if I offend you, we're gonna, you, you've, you've already given me grace. If, I, if you offend me, you've already given me grace. We're just gonna believe the best, we're gonna clarify the rest, we're gonna lock arms, and we're gonna live on purpose. We're not gonna chase the laser, Carl, but we're gonna chase the King of Kings. We're gonna chase the Lord of Lords. We're gonna allow Him to put His purpose deep in our hearts. Can we just stand together? I just wanna pray for you uh, for a minute this morning as we close. God, I thank you for the church here in Nampa. God, I thank you that you called her to purpose. God, I thank you that even today that you're expanding, expanding the tent pegs of their life. God, that I see like Isaiah 54, that you are expanding them to the left and the right. God, I pray today that their heart would be expanded to begin to receive the people that you're sending into their life. God, I thank you today that you are giving us tools to create a spirit of unity. God, I pray today for marriages and families that this spirit of division has come against. And it's like just the, like the enemy is just running the laser all over. And God, we're fighting over all the wrong things. God, I thank you for your bride, that you put a fight in her for unity today. God, I pray that we'll see division when it comes at us. If you're here in the room with a spouse, I want you just to grab their hand. God, I thank you for every couple in this room 
God, I pray right now for a fresh unity. I pray just release a fresh grace of unity. God, a fresh empowerment to do the things you've called them to do. God, I pray right now every assignment of the enemy, every divisive spirit where they have turned and hurt each other. God, I pray supernaturally today, you'd remove those fiery darts that they'd get something on the inside of them. That even the sense of, whoa, there's power when we come together. There's power when we lock our strength on the purpose of God. I pray just that you would create a spirit of unity like never before. All over this church, God, I pray for friendships that aren't even in this room, people that you're calling and you're gonna unite us to. God, I pray that our heart would be open. I pray you heal hurts. God places wounds from the past that, that keep us from really being able to love again. God, I pray that this church would be marked by people who would really love like they've never been hurt. That God, you'd expand their heart, that you'd help them trust. And God, I pray for that there'd be such a safe atmosphere that would be guarded in this place, God, that is, that they would say, you know, in this house, it's gonna be safe. God, send us your broken. Send us those who've been betrayed and hurt and, and don't even trust church. God, I pray that they'd find here people who would cover, people who would have each other's backs, God, that they could come to the foot of the cross, find life, be restored, and graciously led into your kingdom and your purpose. God, I just thank you. You're strengthening this house, strengthening these leaders. God, I pray your blessing and your favor over them in Jesus' name. God, I, while, because while we're just here in a moment of worship, if you're here this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus, you've never, maybe you're, you, someone invited you, I don't know how you got here, but there's a tug in your heart right now. Even when I'm talking, you're like, I wanna be a part of this unity. I wanna be a part of what God's doing. And I, I just, I wanna pray for you, a fresh surrender in your heart. So while every head is bowed and eyes are closed, if you're in the room and you're like, you know what? I feel today. I want to submit my life to the Lordship of Jesus in a fresh way. I want you just to lift your hand all over the room. I want to know who we're praying with. So if you're in the room and you're like, I'm in, I'm into what God's doing. I'm in where, where I'm going. I want you just to lift your hand right where you are. Great. I see that. Anybody else in the room? You want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You want to turn from where you are. The Bible says we repent, we turn from our sins and we turn to Christ Jesus and he makes us whole and new. So I want, can we just pray with our friends today that are making that decision to make Jesus their Lord and Savior? I'm just gonna pray over you. Dear Jesus, we thank you for our friends who are coming today. God's saying yes to you, saying yes to your kingdom. God, I thank you that you wash the old away and you make all things new. God, I thank you that there's a 180 degree turn. God, I thank you that you're taking us out of an old way of life and putting us on a new path of life. So God, I thank you that you plant them in this house, that they will flourish and that they will grow. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, all right. Are we gonna fight? What are we fighting for? Unity and community. Thank you guys for uh, allowing me to come and to share. Hey, I just wanna say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you wanna learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys and let's continue to love God, love people and change the world.